0: Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you an interview, and it's called Knowledge as Relationship. And with that, this is Luke here in Wisconsin, and I'm joined here today by two guests, Chris Easley and Allison Freeman Mata in Illinois. How's it going, guys? We're doing good.
1: Yep. It's a beautiful day here in Chicagoland. Doing good.
0: That's great to hear. I think this is for Beggar's Bread. This is a a new thing. This is a a cross-state border interview. We've never done this before, so that's Mm. exciting. We're on the cutting Um, edge. Yes, well, we, we are. Meetings
2: with people in multiple locations, very few people have experience with that. Yeah, the future, the future <laughs> is
0: now. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Well, besides uh, making jokes, I, I asked Chris, <laughs> that was really good, um, I asked Chris and uh, Allison to join us because they are the co-founders of Mission Central, um, also just for a little bit of background if you're like i don't know chris i don't know allison that's all right the, you, my friends are your friends now chris uh has a master's in theological studies and allison is currently getting a master's in theological studies both at trinity evangelical divinity school and i've had the pleasure and the benefit of going through one of mission central's leadership cohorts but uh, we'll get to that in just a minute and also chris is the author of a book How to Be a Bad Christian, uh, which actually later in August, uh, Nick and I are going to have an interview with Chris, just asking about his book, talking about that for our Patreon supporters. But before we dive into Mission Central and what it is and why you guys started it, uh, would you guys just tell me a little bit about yourselves? And I know in true beggars bread uh, fashion, when we have multiple guests, because you guys already know each other, you want to introduce each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'll start by introducing Chris, since he really kind of incepted uh, Mission Central, I suppose, the, the Holy Spirit was involved. Chris um, Chris is a, a longtime Chicagoland native, but his mother hails from Seattle, which is where I'm from, uh, and that's how we got to know each other, because his mother is my father's sister, so we're cousins. I've uh, known Chris... Woot woot. Yeah.
2: Hashtag primos.
1: Familia. Yeah. Yes. So... Chris um, <laughs> Chris started Mission Central a couple years ago after kind of um, seeing the need for people to develop their 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 souls along with their ambitions. I would say mm-hmm. Chris is not a stranger to ambition, having known him in his high school years. There there were a lot of big dreams and a lot of. Many.
2: Many big dreams, not to say grandiose dreams, uh, but
1: maybe to say grandiose dreams. Yes, yeah. Um, in those years. So, uh, so anyway, Chris. Chris loves Jesus deeply. He loves the church. Uh, has been an inspirational leader for me as I was growing up. He's a bit older, the the elder cousin between us. And um, at the kids' table. Yeah. Just leading. That's yep, right. That's that's fully correct. Literally true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and also um, a, a thinker. So if you meet Chris, you probably have had a, a at least lightly theological conversation with him. Um, but I'd say he's really developed kind of good emotional intelligence and, and sort of uh, way of following the, the Holy Spirit in, in the church realm. So communities, worshiping communities. That's what Chris likes to, to pull together. So yes, he's got a master's in theology. He's married to Katie, lives in, uh, in the Chicagoland suburbs, enjoys Cheez-Its and grapes and reading and occasionally uh, making uh, very uh, unstudied oil paintings, I would say. Uh, acrylic paintings. <laughs> acrylic paintings. Yes,
2: my, my favorite time was when my good friend Josh came over and asked whether the painting was supposed to be a snail or a chipmunk, and I was glad that a chipmunk was at least in the options, <laughs> since it was supposed to be a chipmunk.
1: I knew immediately that right. was a chipmunk, just to yes. point that
2: out. Yeah, Allison's lifelong familiarity with me allowed her to discern the chipmunk and not the snail, but um, yeah, no, the Cheez-Its <laughs> reference is so true. Oh, Chris really so likes Cheez-Its. My wife her She, she expresses her, her love for me by buying me cheeses And sometimes other people, too. Allison has bought me Cheez-Its yep. in the past. With so. a bow. Oh. Well, this well, is uh, good. That was quite the introduction. I got <laughs> to do a good job. Okay, so I I had the opportunity to think about how to describe Allison recently because she got married recently. Yeah, like less than two weeks ago. Yeah. Quite, quite recently, yes. And I had to give a toast, so I will just steal from my own toast to introduce Allison. Um, so Allison Freeman Mala, like she said, grew up in the Seattle area, um, has relocated to Chicago within the past several years. And one thing that I've noticed about her in uh, changing communities is how she creates constellations of connections wherever she goes. So she, she doesn't just view human beings as individuals. She always draws lines between them. And somehow all of those lines crisscross her as well. Um, and so community just really flourishes around her. And that's been a gift that she's brought, not just to my personal life and network, just having her as a friend. And I've even made friends that like I didn't know beforehand that have lived close to me my whole life. Once <laughs> Allison showed up, suddenly now they're my friends because she's here. Um, but also in Mission Central and, and in ministry contexts near and far, that's a gift that Allison brings. She's also... One heck of an organizer and administrator which never hurts anything so we're just happy to, to collaborate yeah. in all sorts of endeavors so yeah
0: ah oh, that's that's fantastic and i have noticed i think the word that i think both of you i don't know if you used it but kind of describing is like gathering people which is a great thing because that's really what mission central does in a lot of ways um or at least part of it uh so why don't before I talk about it, because it's, it's your whole shindig and I'm excited for people to hear about it. Tell us a little bit about why you started Mission Central. What uh, what prompted it? And then, you know, obviously take it from there, whatever you want to talk about it, because it's it's Mission Central. Yeah,
2: gathering is a good word. Um, we we're a leadership development community. Uh, we gather people together here in the Chicago area, and um, our vision is developing faithful leaders. So we wanna help young and emerging leaders be spiritually healthy in their life and faithful and effective in their leadership. Uh, And that word faithful is really important to me, um, that idea that our our faithfulness to Christ as we walk us as disciples um, is the the beating heart that our leadership needs to flow out from. Um, And and really I started Mission Central because um, I was personally convicted that that had not often been true of my own leadership Uh, My my grandiose visions of accomplishment, which emerged very early on for me, um, really carried me into a kind of achievement-oriented ambition that was actually at times disconnected from my my walk with the Lord uh, in a very unhealthy way. Um, I also got married pretty young. I was only 21. And so while I was still learning these things uh, and, and trying to figure out how to lead in a healthy way, um uh, I was already married and so my wife Katie was very affected by my um failures in, in, in that regard. So one, one instance of that it's sort of a picture was what we call our tortilla chip conversation. Um so they weren't cheese Its this time. Yes, other <laughs> thin, crunchy har- carbohydrates. There's there's a variety. Need to need to mix it up sometimes. Um <laughs> Absolutely. And uh the tortilla so, yeah, chip conversation. The- yes, yeah. So we um it was Cinco de Mayo, and we were on our way to a Cinco de Mayo party, but we left the house late, um, considerably late, because I had this work thing that I was convinced I just had to take care of, even though it was the evening, and, and it, it may have even been a weekend that year, um, and I just couldn't let it go. I like, had to go check and fix one more work thing, and Katie basically said, like, hey, this is not cool. This was, like, a party that we had told our friends we would be at, like... Why can't you just let go of work? And I, like, freaked out. I was like, how dare you say that? This is super important. And we ended up, like, getting into a big argument while we were walking out the door. And our friends lived close enough that we were going to walk there. So Katie was carrying this big bowl of guacamole, and I was carrying these tortilla chips. But we got in such a bad fight that we, like, got emotionally exhausted and decided to just go home. And we never actually made it to the Cinco de Mayo party. (laughs) And it, but what she ended the conversation by saying, well, I've said everything I can say, but you need to go pray about this and, you know, sort it out with God. And I was like, well, fine, you know, and,
1: um, <laughs> can't say that I don't need to sort it out with God. So I mean, OK. Right.
2: And right. Uh, the that actually did catalyze a moment of prayer for me where I was really convicted and I realized some things needed to change in my leadership. Um, so really mission central is about helping other people who they may not have the the problems that I had, but everybody in some way needs to figure out how can you arrange your life if you're in leadership so that your leadership is connected to your life without it, not competing with it, not disconnected from it. Um, so that's really what we focus on.
0: That's really good. And also now that we've gotten kind of an idea of what the purpose is and what, what brought it about tell us a little bit more about what it is uh and i know there's multiple different branches of mission central so yeah tell us a little bit about about each thing
2: yeah uh i think allison can take it away for that
1: great yeah um again i'm just going to go back to that word that you highlighted there loot gathering so in a sense we gather people in for a couple different purposes the the most I guess, clear gathering aspect would be the leadership cohort, which is an actual in-person gathering of uh, emerging leaders that want to learn to to lead well and do some personal development that aspect. Um, We also have a blog that we publish bi-weekly and the odd podcast season just uh, produced one micro-season. So I would say that the The gathering that we're doing, we're focusing, Christie's the the term emerging leaders. Um, if you love Jesus and you sort of have had this sense of almost being compelled to learn to lead well, to serve your vocation, your workplace, community, church, that is that that's kind of the the intersection of what might draw someone to Mission Central. So. So as far as our cohorts go, that will often kind of present itself as a diverse group of young professionals, 20s, early 30s, um, that are getting together to meet in person. And a lot of times when we hear the word like Christian leadership or Christian leader that has a really church or ministry focused sound to it to us. Oh, Christian leadership, that's like church leadership. Uh, But at Mission Central, we really see Christians as on mission in the marketplace or any sector. And in, in a nearly kind of an equal sense, of course, there's a unique aspect to the ministry. Um, and that is an area that some people that are connected to Mission Central are leading in, of course. Um, so we love that. We love having, you know, pastorally bound people, missionaries, Christian teachers. Uh, but also our cohort group might be, con- like, comprised of people, young, young adults leading in finance or education or health care or the sciences. Um, so... If you just have a sense of like, I have to make a difference in, in how I spend my life and I want to be very close to Jesus while I'm doing it, that's, that's the gathered group around Mission Central. So that kind of demographic of the, the, the 20s and 30s that you might find at the cohort um, is joined by others in the audiences for the blog and the podcast. So, so that'd be like the, the cohort and uh, blog and podcast podcast.
2: And then we, we yeah. have a sundry, you know, one-off projects that we'll do, uh, like being interviewed by people who have other podcasts, right? Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great. Or um, one-time events and things of that nature. Um, but our our kind of main resources are are those that Allison described.
0: Absolutely, and and just as someone who is has gone through the cohort, I do remember just like you're saying, Allison. I know we had a teacher. I think another guy was a marketer. There was just a diversity of, of I don't know if the word would be vocation or just jobs or just whatever people were doing in their every day. It was really a a various gathering, and I remember I remember when I came, I was like, we like just started beggars bread, and people were like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a podcast host. <laughs> so I really it. appreciate. Yeah, it. that's
2: right. Day one.
0: But, absolutely, um, and I also just because that this is the whole thing of beggars bread is celebrating and sharing. Um, I, I started listening to the micro season that you mentioned and really appreciate that as well. So we'll, we'll definitely put that in and the website, um, before I forget, um, with that leadership cohort, I know you guys were thinking about, uh, starting up another one soon. Is that right?
1: That is correct. We're, we're going to be running a full kind of school year long leadership cohort in the Chicagoland area starting in September, but we have a summer preview session. Chris, do you wanna say something about that? We
2: do, so um, if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds intriguing, and I live you know, near to Chicago, um, we actually run it in the, the second largest city in Illinois, which is Aurora um, to the west, um, but still commutable um, if you're in the suburbs, or we even have folks from the city itself uh, come out to Aurora. Um, and uh, if you if any of this is sort of striking a chord with you, um, but you just want to kind of dip your toe in the water, um, we have a free event, no commitment, one morning on uh, the last day of July, Saturday, the thirty first, um, from nine thirty in the morning to noon, um, and it'll we'll run it just kind of the way that we run a normal cohort session, except that everybody there is just sort of checking it out. So Allison and I, well, actually. It's just going to be me for the preview session, but it'll be Allison and me together for all the real things uh, for the the main cohort. Um, But I will present on a a topic. Um, We're going to be talking about um, conflict and how to navigate healthy conflict um, as a Christian leader um, at the preview session. Um, But it's very interactive and everybody kind of gets to share about their experiences um, and gets to meet and interact with one another and um, sort of understand who else is kind of on this journey with me. So you can become a healthy Christian leader. Um, so if you're interested at all in that, you can find all of the details at our website, which will be linked, like Luke said. But then also you can go to it at missioncentral.church cohort.
1: Yeah, the cohort's a good time. I know that I help lead it, but like highly recommend. Um, it's 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 nicely structured. Like the mornings that you're gonna spend together are gonna have a good blend of prayer time, lecture, discussion uh open discussion or like group activities so you know snacks coffee um some, some pretty lovely people actually so yeah that's a fit was good first
0: i enjoyed my time and also yeah the snacks I mean, what are other times in your adult life are there just snacks there for you?
2: Anyway, unless um. <laughs> you work in like Facebook or Google, then or, there's just then snacks.
1: There's there. snacks. Yeah. snacks all the time. But not if you
2: work for, from home now, you know, and in which case, they're probably your snacks at home, too.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> snacks at home, are not the same. We all learned that in childhood.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, going to recreational soccer, that was the highlight. It's like, oh, who brought snacks this week? Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, without going too off topic, um, I know we already talked a little bit about what to expect from the leadership cohort. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the blog and the podcast. What what can people expect if they're like, ah, well, I want to check this out, but I don't live in Chicago.
1: Yeah, and then the blog is for you. The blog is probably kind of the backbone of Mission Central, actually. Uh, I would say it's a, it's a place for considering the types of questions that that those like emerging or compelled Christian leaders might be mulling over or asking. So, the topics in the blog are gonna circle around at least one of our core values, four core values, which are effective leadership, spiritual formation, emotional health, and multi ethnic community. So, you might have a post on like avoiding or recovering from burnout, or the importance of racial justice, or um, something on a common spiritual issue like hurrying or your prayer life. Um, and from a distinctly Christian perspective, certainly, and just kind of a, a thoughtful Christian Christian perspective that's looking to uh, be a good example without I suppose taking on that like my life has to be perfect kind of kind of vibe to it. We're not about that your life will not be perfect. Um, but becoming more like Jesus day day in and day out is is where it's at. So so that posts every other week, um, and then Chris, any comments on the blog?
2: Yeah, we, we try and keep it um, accessible but substantive. Uh, so don't think Cheez-Its, right? Think <laughs> think like you know a, a really good sandwich, like, like sub Subway sandwich, yeah. you know, or no better than or something. you know. Uh, yeah, better than subway. Yeah. I, mean, I love subway. Okay subway I... subway has <laughs> so many ingredients. Yeah. they make it right in front of you. Um, but I mean, okay, maybe something to sink your teeth into. Yeah. is what you're getting at. Yeah. So I'm thinking
0: uh, like vegetables with hummus where it's like, all right, this is good for you, but it also like is better than just eating raw vegetables or, or no, maybe vegetables totally with happen. hummus
2: and, you know, beef. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Oh, um, that I, I, or, or, you know, chicken if we're trying to be more environmentally conscious. Or so, if you yeah. don't oh, eat good.
1: meat at all, the hummus is fine. Yes. So.
2: Yeah. That metaphor awesome. was just yeah clear, it was really, so good very clear and succinct we <laughs> nailed it on our first try so yeah that's
1: the blog the the podcast is we all, we've only done the little micro season as we mentioned and that'll be uh, linked with this interview I think but uh, the the podcast is fun it will center around those those similar four core values I mentioned but it's been guest centered so far and to some of the guests that that we've interviewed have brought some really good like maturity and life experience. Um, uh, stories about the the way that they've developed over time, whether they've done a lot of work in you know community development or spiritual formation or uh, emotional health, these different different places. But yeah, they bring they bring some maturity and just personality that we can't add because we're not them. So the podcast addresses similar things, but with that twist of having the guests offer quite a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I and I did listen. I think it was a a gentleman who worked at saddleback church i'm not sure yes uh
2: pastor lance witt who who now leads a ministry called replenish Uh, yeah uh, i remember episode two guest
0: he gave a great picture of he was just kind of talking about often when you have um large personalities of like visionary leadership and then you have like a more administrative minded person and I remember you guys just talking for a little bit about that, about how to navigate that well. And I was like, this is great. I, I love hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had so much
2: empathy for, for Lance Witt talking about his relationship with, with Pastor Rick Warren, whom, whom I am very grateful for, Pastor Rick's ministry. Um, but having partnered with people who probably have just as big of a personality as Pastor Rick, um, there, there can be some anxiety for the person who's holding the clipboard um and uh but there's a healthy way to navigate that dynamic so yeah
0: that was a fun fun moment absolutely well just to give a a little bit of a snapshot into one of the topics that we talked about a leadership cohort i know i just gave you guys a couple questions if we could just give people a taste and something that i think at beggar's bread is very relevant because a lot of times we're kind of passing along knowledge passing along resources and that was um one of the topics that we covered calling talking about knowledge as a relationship. And that's what we're just going to call this episode because it's intriguing. It's like, Oh, what, what does that mean? Uh, so just to kick off that uh topic, can you tell me what is distinct? Cause I know this is how we kicked it off in the cohort for a little bit. What is a, what is distinct in a Christian view of knowledge as opposed to just, I don't know what's a different view.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I think that when we talk about a Christian view of knowledge, um, the idea of experience is really important. And it's really interesting, you just used a phrase that is very commonly used, um, like, we pass along knowledge. Um, And I think when you think about it, knowledge is actually not something that can be passed along, right? Um, You can pass along information, but you can't pass along knowledge, right? Um, You can share, you can, for example, share a true statement, But the person who hears that statement, they have to come to know it themselves if true knowledge is going to emerge. So knowledge is not something that one person has or possesses in a way that can be passed like a token to someone else. It's something that emerges um, through through, through someone's direct contact with reality. Knowledge is what happens when you know how to navigate reality. Um, now that's, oh, that's good. yeah. That's not that's not necessarily a distinctively Christian view on knowledge. That's that's a philosophical perspective on knowledge. Although Christian writers have contributed to the philosophy of knowledge over the years in, in many important ways, um, but that that confusion between knowledge and information, I think, is actually significant. Um, like uh, Wikipedia, for example, I have I have never donated a dollar to the Wikimedia Foundation
1: even oh, though
2: i have they uh, really jimmy oh, they got, got me too it was jimmy wales right? jimmy wales yes jimmy yeah wales.
1: oh yeah jimmy Crone's part of the weed ultimate group email chain okay ah, yes so yes jimmy shout out <laughs> to jimmy crone if you're listening <laughs> if you're listening ultimate frisbee group your name comes in <laughs> my inbox a lot um oh, but jimmy wales yeah
2: his, his face it looks so so pleading when the banner pops oh, up yeah. every year um but anyways uh I have used, I, I probably should donate because I've used uh, Wikimedia, Wikipedia so many times in my life, um, but their, their official vision um, for the foundation is imagine a world where every human being can freely share in the sum of all knowledge. And they say that without a hint of irony. They, they really use that phrase, the sum of all knowledge, as though that's what Wikimedia is providing, um, which I think it, is almost comical because when you think about it, there's many aspects of knowledge that every human being has that you can't get from Wikipedia. Um, like, like Luke, you, you're a Wisconsin man, right? I well, imagine you've sure. enjoyed some, some fresh Wisconsin apples in the form of an apple crisp or an apple pie at some point. Am I right?
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: Now, the taste of a, of a freshly baked apple crisp, you know that taste, right?
0: yes oh definitely
2: but can someone who has never experienced that come to know that taste through wikipedia
0: no they could probably just learn about like i i get what you're saying this is good this is like yeah distinguishing you can get a recipe
2: you can you can get the history of wisconsin's apple markets you can get a lot of information from wikipedia but you can't get experiential knowledge for that you have to have contact with reality um and I think that there's um, there's kind of two problems as it relates to to faith specifically and Christian faith specifically um, that kind of hinge on this distinction um, of experiential knowledge. One of those is an existential problem for people of faith having to do with their own contact with God. Ha- have they had an experiential contact with the reality of God or not? And the second is more of kind of a philosophical thing that that um, is a, an important issue for, particularly for people who might be more skeptical, maybe people who used to be part of the Christian tradition and now doubt it, um, and that's the question of can faith be knowledge, or are those just different categories? Are we making a category error when we're about knowing something related to Christian faith, or when we talk about knowing God, um, is that actually something just like private belief or opinion that that doesn't actually touch upon something that could be called knowledge? Um, so I think those are kind of two key issues that relate to a Christian view of knowledge.
0: Ah, that's good. Yeah, definitely. I'm just, I'm just still kind of processing the difference information and knowledge. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. Do you have any answers for those two questions? <laughs> the questions oh,
2: yeah. I asked?
1: All the, all the answers come to mission central cohorts
2: you'll get answers to questions knowledge. that's right that's right we'll, we'll we'll pass all of the information to you so that you uh, experience the knowledge. right <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll be um, I,
0: yeah i mean expecting to be having a perfect life i think was what was set up earlier <laughs> well you know
2: uh, over at the bible project um which i'm sure uh, is is a resource that, that some of your listeners are familiar with um, yes. they, they don't do Q and A sessions. They do Q and R sessions, question and response
1: oh, wow. to
2: emphasize that they don't always have an answer. Um, so I like that. I like it. So maybe we have some responses even though we don't have answers.
0: Oh, that's good. Do you have any responses <laughs>
2: <laughs> to, uh, to tackle the, the first question? Um, like, can I have an experiential connection with God? Um, can I know God, not just know about God, Um, I think that's actually a really helpful starting place for anyone who identifies as a Christian, is when you imagine God, uh, does God feel like someone you know or someone you know about? Mm. Now that's very subjective, uh, but I feel like it it captures a distinction that the scriptures in different ways speak to over and over and over again. Um, When you think about Moses at the burning bush... God is talking to him, right? And then Moses talks back, and Moses isn't too, too, too keen on what God is suggesting, right? There's there's a tension right. and an interaction. Um, have you ever talked back to God? Um, if you haven't, then it, then it's possible that your um, life with God, such as it is, is not very interactive. At least it hasn't been to date, Um and so that can actually be a helpful starting place is, hey, maybe, maybe try talking back to God, right? Do, is, is there something that God says that's hard for you? And can you share how you really feel about that with God? That's where genuine interaction starts is when we're being honest with God, not just about what we feel like we're supposed to say, but with what's really going on for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, that's really good. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: there's a lot of, Absolutely. I feel like authenticity has been kind of a, a buzzword for a while as far as like representing yourself or your brand or this or that, you know. Um, but it can be challenging to be authentic with God because, it, especially if you don't feel that he's really there listening to you, uh, but it's a good starting place for seeing what interacting with God and your authentic self uh, feels like.
0: Yeah, no, that's... I mean, especially for, uh, I would say the younger generations, I guess we're all in the same generation. I think, are you guys millennials? We're all millennials, right? We're all (laughs) all all millennials here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I was talking to someone, a Gen X or a little bit earlier, and I was just struck by how much he was like, yeah, people kind of forget about Gen X. They just think like boomers and then, um, the millennials and then Zers um but just especially how almost like the younger you go how people are like yeah authenticity matters a lot um and i know not that i, I don't want to glamorize doubt cuz i mean a lot of doubt is really hard and not fun um and it, i don't necessarily know that it's always great to be there forever but um there are times where it's like i know I like just several friends. I have I have a lot of friends recently. This is maybe a little bit off topic, but I guess I mean where this is this is where we're at. Um, I have a lot of friends recently who've either kinda of walked away from their faith or just kinda of stopped going to church. And a lot of times when I'm talking with them depending on which Christians they've spoken with, sometimes they've felt like people just kinda of condemned them. Um, instead of just being like, Hey, that's a really good question I don't know. Like <laughs> Um, just being really honest. Or like I struggle with that too. Um
1: I think there's so much fear, like our whole if you grew up in a Christian community, your whole idea of a good life and and a good afterlife, perhaps, are wrapped up in staying in the church. So I think you can kind of freak out on a friend when they put doubts forward. You can just kind of have this feeling this pity your stomach, like, no 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 no, stay, 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 stay. Um, because it feels like just everything is wrapped up in, in them staying. And it's, I've experienced it, it's difficult not to respond that way. Um, but kind of that jump reaction of, like, the only way this is okay is if, is if you stay without doubting um, is not, not a great foundation, because then you those questions just open up more of, like, oh, is that, is that why I'm here? Because just to have the, the kind of life that I, that I want to escape the fire of hell or what, what But that, that nervousness is such a knee-jerk response sometimes.
2: I, I was once talking with a tour guide at um, an institution that kind of uh, vaguely connected to Hindu tradition. Um, and he was kind of talking through his own religious experience. And he said, I grew up Baptist, um, but I kept asking questions you weren't supposed to ask. Hmm. And uh, that really struck me, that he had this sense of it wasn't even okay to ask those questions. Um, and uh, apparently, if, if he did ever get to ask those questions, the answers or the responses <laughs> that he received were, were dissatisfying for him. Um, I mean, I guess that kind of brings us to, to the second thing, which is this question of, well, are there answers? <laughs> are the questions that we ask related to faith answerable? Um, or is that just the wrong way of thinking about it? Um, and there's there's this kind of milieu in kind of contemporary uh, Western culture that increasingly views faith as uh, distinct from knowledge, where um, faith is something for me, it's my tradition, maybe it's my values, um, it's maybe a for- form of inspiration in my life. But it's not something that I could appeal to as something that, that you could know the same way I could appeal to something established by science or something that's um, established like historically or by journalism. Um, So in terms of like something that I could talk with my friend or my neighbor about and say like, hey, are you aware of dot, 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 right? Um, Something that's relevant to public discourse. Um, Faith is often viewed as something that's just not relevant to that. It's just not, um, in the same category. Uh, I, I saw this recently, actually I was on Wikipedia again, (laughs) mooching off of Wikipedia. And, um, uh, I I saw it, it was on the, an area where people have messages back and forth with each other. And somebody was asking a question about Christian faith. And the other person said, well, on Wikipedia, we have facts about what people believe and facts about like the history of Christianity. But as for like, you know, whether it's true or not, that's not verifiable that's not something that, that wikipedia could address because that doesn't have to do with facts right um and while i can appreciate that it's a the, the language of facts can can feel very empirical and while like the the nature of religious claims may indeed be in a different category than what can be adequately addressed in, in an encyclopedia article i felt like the comment just sort of expressed this sense of like oh it's not verifiable it's not objective in the same way that things here are um, And and I think that that actually is a a misapprehension of um, how knowable spiritual things are. Um, I think that there actually is objective spiritual reality that can be known and that is relevant to public discourse and is relevant to every human being's life. Um, So that's something of a controversial conviction on my part, Um, but I I think it's actually uh, true um, and that it's um, something that that we can unpack and see that it's reasonable if we just take some time and think about the nature of um, religious claims and, and the idea of spiritual knowledge.
0: Yeah, that that's really fascinating because the passage that jumps to my mind when I'm thinking, just as I'm listening, um, because I I think I agree with you. Um, I'm not sure. Some of those words were kind of big. <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a,
1: that's a experience, <laughs> it, I'm, it
0: I'm it always is striving to
2: communicate clearly. I I gotta keep working
0: on it. No, I it's been great. I've enjoyed the uh, we got sundry, I think was thrown out earlier, and then yeah, we got oh, empirical milieu. <clears throat> is it milieu? Is that how you say it? I, I milieu, mean, milieu. Yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> the verse that comes to mind is. And I think, I don't think this is necessarily in contradiction to what you're saying. I think it's just, um, how would I say it? It's like, okay, well, I'll just say the passage I'm thinking of. It's when, I think his name is Simeon, the, the magician, when he like goes up to, I think it's Peter and Paul. I don't know if I got this right. Somewhere in Acts. And he's basically like, oh, I saw what you did by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, I'll, I'll pay you. Like, give me this power. And then Peter's like, no, <laughs> um, I don't know. You shut I don't know if I'm saying this. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like, you know, the fact that we're interacting with like the Holy Spirit in a in a person, the the triune God, the three persons, a, a god, is a little bit different than like I flip on and off my electricity, um, and I can control it. Uh but that's not to say that we can't know it, just maybe that it's different than the way we would know other things, I guess. I don't it know.
1: A moment to kind of bring out that difference that Chris said. Do I feel like I know God or I know about God? You know, like, um, do I know Chris or do I know about Chris? I do know a lot of, about Chris. We know each other for some time, but, um, but like you're saying, that that difference with the electricity is kind of similar. Like, I can't know Chris like a biography for and he be my friend. You know. I, I can know those things, but I also additionally know him as a person. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a, a foundational tenet of um, definitely the Christian faith and, and probably some other philosophies as well, that a person is uh, a an important kind of being, and that that God is a person and personal, and he's made us like him in that way. And I think that one of the best ways to think about how we know God is how we know another person Uh, and that that is the kind of knowledge that we have and we also have knowledge about claims about christianity and how god's revealed himself that are um more biographical you might say or empirical but but uh but yeah just like the saying with electricity like it's it is different but i would say we actually have an analog for that in our lives it's different to know a person
0: right no that's good and i honestly i do think i I use knowledge as a synonym for information so much. It's a little tricky for me to (laughs) to switch it. Um, So no, I think that's a a great, a great, um, callback and just, and just sussing that out. Um, well, were there any last thoughts you guys wanted to offer just on this topic or I'll, I know we just want to plug mission central. Like that's, that's really the purpose of this episode to say like, Hey, here are my friends. Um, and yeah, well, okay, before I conclude, yeah, any any last thoughts on just this whole topic, knowledge as a relationship?
2: Yeah, well, I think the kind of the hinge point between the two questions, so to speak, like that sense of what is my personal connection with God, and then can faith be knowledge, is that idea of the reality of God as a person, right? Because like, imagine, for example, if somebody was talking with me, and I was telling them about Allison, and they're like, I think it's so great that you believe in Allison, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> or or even if they like would, would countenance that Allison existed, but not the nature of the relationship that I was describing. So like, I I think it's so great that you think Allison is your cousin. Right? <laughs> and be like, well but no, she is my cousin. Like like I know she's my cousin, right? And then and then it could well can you prove that she's your cousin? And I'm like, Well, I don't know, we've never done a blood test, you know? <laughs> um you know, like this this is what this is I actually think a good analogy for what can be possible about God. I believe that God is real and that it's possible to come into a covenantal relationship with him as part of his people, and if that's not real, right, if if God is not a person, then it's not exactly nice that I believe it, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's not exactly helpful. It's sort of a strange delusion. (laughs) Um, But if it is real, if God is a person and if he can be known, then that's actually kind of a, 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 a scary reality in some ways because it means, oh gosh, like maybe I should should investigate that. <laughs> like maybe I should look into whether I should, should be in on that or not, right? Maybe I would miss out if I, if I didn't investigate that. Um, and so that's why it, it feels dicey when we start talking about the idea of spiritual knowledge because it, there is an exclusivity of saying like, well, if God is real, then it really is different than what atheists believe or um, you know, Christian convictions are different than what, uh, for example, a theistic Hindu would believe. Um, and so it, it does bring us into a place of um, intellectual disagreement with other intelligent, wonderful human beings. Right? Um, right. And yet I think that that's actually a good thing to be honest about those disagreements rather than to water down everything into, oh, that's nice for you.
0: Right. That's really good. I think, I think that's a great place to, to wrap it. And, uh, thank you guys. Um, Oh my goodness. I'm just like, yeah, I do want to say it. it is funny on this podcast because there's often times where I'm like trying to process what the other person is saying, like what Nick is saying, or, you know, what you guys are saying in this case. And then I'm like, I, I need more time to process before I can intelligibly respond. So I think I'm just grateful for you guys. And I wanted to say thanks also, not just for this conversation, but for your friendship and mentorship through both mission central and just friendship in the, over the last couple of years. Um, it's yeah, I really appreciate how thoughtful you guys are. And I've certainly seen that in the blog and in the podcast and obviously in the cohort. So I'm excited that we got a chance to, to plug Mission Central and to just talk a little bit about a complicated topic to pass along some information. <laughs> um,
1: well, listeners, you can develop that information into knowledge. That's that's up to you. You, yeah. can, you can do it.
2: Well, th- thank you, Luke. And, and we are... Fe- feeling feeling the love um yeah we,
1: thank you we're very grateful for you as well and
2: and we we're excited to see you continue to step into the faithful leadership that you were carrying with beggar's bread and in other ways and as part of your church community um so we just yeah we're, we're excited to, to keep on listening and learning ourselves as part of this journey together absolutely
0: well thanks chris thanks allison and before we go let me just remind the listeners uh Chris and I think Chris and Nick and I will all be talking about Chris's book, How to Be a Bad Christian, for our Patreon supporters in August. And then in September, we'll be coming back with a new season. So thank you guys for joining us again. Check out Mission Central. If you're in the Chicagoland area, um, they've got that preview. It's free. Go ahead and check it out. Yeah, it's, I mean, go ahead and try it. There might be snacks. I don't know if there'll be Cheez-Its, but... Uh, so anyway, thanks guys, and we'll see you guys in August or September. Take it.